Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Uh, We're going to be sharing today from John chapter 5. If you want to go there, we're going to be talking about the witnesses of Jesus. And in John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said, Search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The scripture testifies of Jesus. The scripture witnesses of Jesus. There are many, many testimonies of Jesus. In fact, if you study the scripture, there's like hundreds of prophecies that Jesus Christ fulfilled the first time he came, and there's many more that he'll fulfill when he comes again. I mean, the the odds are like way over one in a hundred million or something that any one person could fulfill all these different prophecies. And the scriptures testify that Jesus Christ is who God said that he is. Hallelujah. There are many other testimonies. His works testify of him. And so we're going to look in the beginning of John chapter 5. And there was a man who was healed. He was at the pool of Bethesda. That means the house of grace or the house of the outpouring. Praise God. You know, there were many people, it says, and they were waiting for the moving of the water because the angel would come in and trouble the water. We'll read this at a certain time. And there's a lot of people like that today. They're waiting for a special move. They're waiting for something to happen. They're going here. They're going there. But Jesus said, listen, will you be made well? Praise God. You can be well right now today because we have a covenant with God. Amen. We have a promise from God. It's good every day and it works all the time. So let's begin here in John chapter 5 verse 1 and we'll be reading on down through verse 18 talking about the healing at the pool of Bethesda. After this there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda or house of grace. Place of the outpouring, having five porches. In these porches lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, halt, withered. They were waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whoever then, first after troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. Notice whoever was made whole of whatever disease. And a certain man was there who had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him laying there, he knew he had been a long time in that case. And he said, will you be made well? Now I have a question for you today. What is your will in the situation of healing? Did you know your will has a lot to do with what you receive from God? You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when you received Jesus, your spirit was born again. Your spirit received the life of God, the nature of God, the ability of God. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead was placed in you the moment that you were born again, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. But you know, it's not only your spirit. You have a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if you want to get the good things from your spirit into your body, you need to get your will in agreement with the will of God. Now, we know that it is God's will to heal the sick. 
Why do we know that it's God's will to heal the sick? We know that it's God's will to heal the sick because God said, I am the Lord who heals you. In Exodus 15, verse 26, he says, I am Jehovah Rapha. That's his very name. Then he said in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I'm the same and I do not change. So he's never, ever changed from that. We know, secondly, that healing is the will of God because of the promises of God. Thank God we have a Bible full of promises, and that includes divine healing. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, He forgives all of our sins, and He heals all of our diseases. That same word, Rapha, is used. He is the Lord, our healer. Thank God. Psalm 107 2 says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them. Praise God. Thank God He has sent His word and healed us. We have many, many promises of divine healing. The third reason that we know that healing is the will of God is because Jesus paid for our healing at the same time that he paid for our forgiveness. Isaiah prophesied some six to seven hundred years before Christ died on the cross in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 and verse 5. He said, surely he has borne our griefs. That word griefs is translated sicknesses and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He went on to say in verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Thank God today we have a covenant that includes healing. At the same time that Jesus paid for our forgiveness, he paid for our healing. He was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. Do you see that? It works on both sides of the equation. Peter looked at it on the back side of the cross in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 and he said, who his own self bear our sin in his body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And by the way, if you study out the Greek word there in 1 Peter chapter 2 24, it means physical healing. It includes physical healing. Jesus came to forgive our sins and to heal our bodies. Hallelujah. So we know, first of all, because God said, I am the Lord who heals you. That is his nature. That is his character. He's never changed from it. We know, secondly, because of the promises that we have. Exodus says, I'll bless your bread and bless your water, and I'll take sickness from the midst of you. Deuteronomy includes in the, in the curse of the law. In Christ, we know has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it's written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith that's Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and verse 14 but in Deuteronomy chapter 28 the curse of the law includes weakness of heart the curse of the law includes cancer tumors in Deuteronomy 8 28, 27. It includes the itch, the bite.
bites, the scab. It includes every sickness and every disease that's not written in the book. Thank God Christ has redeemed us from the curse and we have a covenant right to be healed. Hallelujah. Number one, because God said that's who he is. He said, I am the Lord, your healer. Number two, because we have a Bible full of promises that promises us healing. Number three, because Jesus Christ paid for it on the cross. And number four, because of what Jesus did in his earthly ministry. Four time, time, 14 times it says in the New Testament, they brought unto him everyone who was sick of every kind of disease. And he healed them of whatever kind of disease they had. Acts 10, 38 says, haven't you heard how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. I want you to know that God was with Jesus and I want you to know that God is with us. I want you to know that God is a healer. I want you to know that Jesus healed the sick. Jesus came to put a face on God and reveal who God is and he's still healing today. Praise God. In fact, we saw a marvelous healing just before this service and we'll see many more. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus is still healing the sick. Jesus is still delivering the press. Jesus is still setting the captives free. Thank God the word of God is working today and it's going to keep working. Hallelujah. We've got a Bible full of promises that's true so we can believe the Bible today because Jesus is the healer. But what's your healing the matter? He asked this man, he said, will you be made well? Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus the same thing in Mark chapter 10 and verse 51. He said, what do you want? What do you will that I do to you? You read the New Testament. You read the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you see how many times Jesus said, what do you want? What's your will in this matter? What did you come for? You know, it tells us in Luke chapter 5 and in Luke chapter 6 that they came to him to hear and to be healed by him of, the, of their infirmities. And he healed them. Praise God. Everyone, he healed them. Thank God Jesus Christ is a healer. In fact, there are seven ways that Jesus healed people. In this gospel in John chapter 5, he healed this man with a spoken word. That is the primary way that Jesus heals people is through this spoken word. But he also healed them through the laying on of hands. As many as he touched, as many as he laid hands on, they were made whole. They were healed, every one. He also healed them through casting out devils. Sometimes sickness is associated with a demonic attack. But Jesus Christ spoke the word and Jesus cast out devils and they were healed by the power of God. He not only healed them by speaking the word, by laying hands on them, by casting out devils, he healed them by the prayer of faith. Praise God. And you know what? We can pray the prayer of faith. The Bible says in James chapter 5, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, praying the prayer of faith. And if they've, they, and, and they, they'll be healed in their body. And if they've committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Jesus also healed with the gifts of the Spirit. He healed with the gift of faith. He healed with the working of miracles. You remember in John chapter 9, there was a blind man. And Jesus went and he saw him. He'd been blind from the time he was born. And Jesus spit and he took and made clay with his spit and he stuck it in the eyes of the blind man. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and he came again seeing. He came again healing. It was the working of a miracle. He said, he told all those doubters. He said, you know, we got a lot of doubters today. But that blind man spoke to the doubters and he said, have you ever heard such 
such a thing of Jesus, of a man healing somebody that was born blind. I've never heard of such thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still healing the sick. He's still raising the dead. He's still de delivering the oppressed. Jesus Christ is the same, and his word is still working today. Hallelujah. And we're going to keep believing the word. Hallelujah. We're going to keep speaking the word. And we're going to keep. He healed through the gift of faith. He healed through the working of miracles. He healed through the gifts of healing. That's gifts of healings. If you study out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gifts of healings in the Greek. It's a plural gift. And, and you know, some people have said, Dr. Lillian Yeomans said years ago, there may be as many as 39 gifts of healing. She was a, a medical doctor. And she said that there's probably 39 root causes of sickness and disease. I don't know this, but this is what they said. And Jesus had a gift of healing for everyone. The Holy Spirit has a gift of healing for everyone. Now, thank God we have the gifts of the Spirit in operation today. Thank God we have healings today. Thank God the Word of God. That's seven ways that I just told you that Jesus healed people. You know, people get caught up in this way, we're going to see people healed. That way, we're going to see people. I, listen, I don't care how Jesus healed them. I don't care whether he heals them through the spoken word, through the laying on of hands, through anointing with oil, through the prayer of faith, through casting out devils, through the gift of faith, through the working of miracles, through the gifts of healing. I don't care how they get healed, but I just thank God that Jesus is the same, and I thank God that he still heals people today, and he asked this man, will you be made well? You know, you have something to say about what you're going to receive from God. And, and this impotent man said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. While I'm coming, another steps down before me. See, some people are looking to man. They're looking to this miracle ministry or that miracle ministry or another miracle ministry. But you don't need to look to a man. You need to look to God. You need to look to Jesus. Jesus is the same. It's Jesus that's working through people. It's God that's working through people. It's the Holy Spirit that's working through people that's getting people healed. And Jesus then just spoke to him and said, get up, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And he responded to the word of God. You see, God sent his word and healed them. You have a will in the matter. And if you will respond to the word of God, you can receive physical healing in your body. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Whatever the enemy meant for your bad, you know, your death, your destruction, God is going to turn that test around and use it for a testimony. He's going to show people how good that he really is. Hallelujah. Thank God we have a Bible full of promises. Thank God that we're not without hope. We're not without help. We have hope and we have help in the name of Jesus. People will respond to the word of God. They can be healed. Proverbs 4 verse 20 says, My son, attend to my word. Give ear to my sayings. Keep them and let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22 goes on to say, for they are life to all those that find them and they are health. They are medicine. Marpe, health, medicine, a cure. Hallelujah. Thank God the word of God is medicine to your flesh. Just like if you went to the physical doctor and he gave you a prescription and said take this three times a day. You can take the word of God and you can take it three times a day. 
Hallelujah. We had a woman years ago, 1990. She came to our church. She was raised in a traditional church down the street. But when she needed a miracle, she came down to the street to our church. She came to that, that they called us that church. You know what? Where we were. She came over and we laid hands on her and we prayed for her. And she had been to the doctors at Mayo Clinic and they had told her, you have less than, less than six months to live. You go get your house in order. But she came to church and we prayed for her and we laid hands on her. And when we prayed for her and laid hands on her, she was healed and she was raised up by the power of God. That was hallelujah. 32 years ago and she's been in this church in the last six months. She is healthy. She is strong. She is well and she doesn't have a bit of that disease. She came up here to Colorado Springs after that and they checked her out and they said where have you been and got that cancer frozen? She said I wasn't anywhere besides church and they laid hands on me. Praise God. Well they said it appears to be frozen and appears to be dead. Well it was dead and 32 years ago they told her she could only live six months and she's alive and she's well and she's healthy and strong. Praise God. I had a man come up here in first service and testify about the healing power of God. He brought a young man just last week. A young man about 30 years old. He's about 65 or 70. And, and, and just a few years ago he came to church and that the night before I had a dream and I saw envelopes and on these envelopes it said kidneys, 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 kidneys. I came and gave the word. And when he came up he said there are three or four in front of him. But when he got there he said pastor I've just been diagnosed and I have all these tumors in my kidneys. And I, I said you're the one. I didn't know I told him. I told him you're the one. And I laid hands on him and I prayed for him. And that Friday he got a, he, he went back in for a checkup the next day or two. And that Friday he got a call from the doctor on July 3rd. He said listen I just want you to enjoy your freedom this weekend. You have no tumors in your body. Your kidneys are healed. He brought a young man 30 years old up last week for me to pray for that was having kidney problems. He said listen a few years ago I had kidney problems and Pastor Lawson prayed for me and God Almighty healed me. I prayed for that young man and that young man said it's been a long time since I felt that much power. I want to tell you the power of God is real. I want to tell you Jesus Christ is real. I want to tell you that miracles are for today. Hallelujah. And miracles testify of Jesus. Praise God. In fact we can, we can glorify God because he's the same. But if you'll respond to the word of God you can believe the word of God. You can believe a covenant. You don't have to wait for some something to happen in, in some special. You can just believe God's word every day because you've got a covenant that includes healing. Praise God. It says right here, immediately the man was made whole and he took up his bed and walked and the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews, the religious folks, they didn't like it very well. They said unto him that was cured, it's the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And he answered them, he said, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, said, what man is this that said this, take up your bed and walk? And he said, he that was healed didn't know who it was for Jesus had went away. There's a multitude in the place and afterwards Jesus found him in, in, in the temple and said to him behold you are made whole. Sin no more lest a worse thing come on you. You know for this purpose was the son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil it says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 you see the fact is that you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with the blood of Jesus and you're to glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. So 
you are healed for a purpose. If you want to be healed, you need to, number one, believe the Word of God. Amen? Respond to the Word of God. Number two, not only do you need to believe the Word of God and respond to the Word of God, praise God, then you need to know that you're living for a purpose. Praise God. Set your will in agreement with the will of God. Amen? Believe the Word of God. And then understand that you're healed for a purpose. You're not your own. You're to glorify God. God doesn't just heal you so you can sit on your t couch and eat potato chips and watch as the stomach turns. Amen. God heals you so you can go preach the gospel. So you can lay hands on the sick and cast out devils. Amen. So you can preach the gospel and see people healed and raised up by the power of God. Amen. Thank God for the word of God. Now Jesus uh, was there and the man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus which made him well. And after that, the Jews did persecute Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered and said, my father works before now and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Amen. So Jesus Christ is a healer, praise God. And he healed this man. The second thing is, did you know what? The father testifies of who Jesus is. And when we read here in verse 19 to verse 30, the father gave judgment to the son. We'll read about it beginning in verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing of himself, but whatever he sees the father do, whatever things he does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and answers all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will. He gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment to the Son. You know, God the Father gave all judgment to Jesus. Jesus is the one who's going to judge us. You know why Jesus is going to judge us? Because he came as a man. He lived in a physical body. He was tempted in all points like we are, the Bible says. But yet he was without sin. And that's why God gave him judgment to him. He says in verse 23 that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I tell you, Jesus said, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me, look at verse 24 really closely, has everlasting life and, sh and shall not come into condemnation, shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. There is no judgment against those who are in Christ Jesus. You say, Pastor, you only quoted half of that verse. Well, I'll quote the rest of it. The rest of it says to those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That means you're not trying to get it in your own strength and your own power. Do you know what? It's impossible to live the Christian life without the Christ. Life. It's impossible to, to live the Christian life in your own strength, in your own ability. You know, last Wednesday night we came and we had a wonderful baptism service. And Aaron preached a fantastic message. And then we baptized 20 or 21 people. They were from 6 years old to about 75. One of them, seven, about 75, had just received Christ as their Savior. But after I got down, there was a man sitting here on the front row. His daughter had just got baptized. I think he's 86 years old. It's the third time that he's been in a service. 
service. The first time he came, his daughter asked him, are you ready? She, he said, no, I'm not ready to pray yet. The second time was on Christmas Eve. He came, and after Christmas Eve service, he came out and he found me after the Christmas Eve service. He said, you're changing how I think about God. You're changing how I think about Jesus. So I went down after this baptism service, and I talked to this 86-year-old man. I said, how are you doing? He said, well, I'm trying, but I'm, I'm struggling. I said, well, let's take the struggle out of it. Are you ready to receive Jesus? He said, yes, I'll pray with you right now. And this 86-year-old man gave his life to Jesus. Not any too soon, praise God, but praise God, he gave his life to Jesus, and he received Jesus. And when he dies, he's not going to pass into judgment. He's not going to pass into condemnation because Jesus took his judgment on the cross. And thank God because Jesus took our judgment on the cross. We don't have to be judged. So it says, let's look at it again in verse 24. Jesus said, he that hears my word and believes God, believes on him who sent me, has everlasting life and shall not pass into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Thank God. Can you say that's me? I've heard the word and I've believed God and I'm not going to be judged because Jesus took my judgment. I've passed into everlasting life. Verily, verily, Jesus said in verse 25, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear shall live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he's given his Son to have life in himself. And he's given him authority to carry out judgment because he is the Son of Man. Right? This is the reason that God gave Jesus the authority to carry out judgment. Because he came as a man, and as a man he was tempted in all points like we are. Hebrews 4 verse 15 says, yet without sin. Because of that, Hebrews 4 16 says that we can now come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain help in a time of need. Thank God we can find grace in a time of need. And if you're struggling, you can run to the throne of grace. You can run to Jesus because he's already paid for your sin. You know the Bible tells us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 13 that there is no temptation taking you but such is common to man and God will with that temptation make a way of escape God has already made a way of escape and that person is Jesus he was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin now listen to what Jesus goes on and says in verse 28 he says marvel not at this for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves everybody that's in the grave is going to hear his voice and they will come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life. That's when Jesus comes for his church. The Bible talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 to verse 58. It talks about Christ coming for his church. That's the resurrection of life. It also talks about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's go there and read this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to verse 18. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep, those who died, that you sorrow not either, even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, how many of you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Even so, those who died in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not stop those who died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Jesus is coming back with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet them in the air, with the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, years ago, I was called to preach a funeral in Eads, Colorado. And one of my good friends had passed on. And, and I went down and I preached the funeral. And, and, and you know what? We had a big graduation celebration. Because death is no problem for a believer. It's just like passing through that door. It's just like going into another room. We had a big graduation celebration. A few days after that, Barbara got a call from her brother. And her brother said, there was a man from my insurance office. And he went to a funeral in Eads, Colorado. He said it wasn't like a funeral at all. It was like a big party. And Barbara got to talking and found out that I was the one preaching that funeral. You know what? We were have a celebration of life. Because for the believer, death is not to be feared. Death is just, you know what? We're just graduating. We're just going home. We're just going on to be with Jesus. Going on to glory. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to leave before my time. Hallelujah. I want to stay here on earth. I want to heal the sick. I want to cast out devils. Amen. I want to, I want to see people saved and healed and set free by the power of God. I don't want to check out too quick. But listen, when I go, don't go cry over that hole in the ground because I'm not there. Hallelujah. Because my spirit has left my body and I'm in heaven with Jesus and I'm singing the praises of God in eternity. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a marvelous time it's going to be when we're with Jesus in heaven in eternity. That's talking about the resurrection of the just. That's talking about the first resurrection. That's talking about Jesus coming for his church. Now, when we read here, notice what he says in verse 29 again. All, they will come forth, they that have done good to the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. That's a resurrection of the unjust. You know, the Bible talks about that. That's a resurrection of sinners. Do not only saints are going to be resurrected, but sinners are going to be resurrected. But it's going to be a different resurrection. There's going to be a thousand years that separate these two resurrections. We're going to read about it in Revelation chapter 20. And we're going to read just a few verses in verse 4 to verse 6. Because actually a thousand years separate these two resurrections. Notice this in Revelation 20 verse 4. He said, I saw the thrones and they sat upon them. And judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them who were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God which had not worshipped the beast nor his image nor had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years we're going to live and reign with Jesus for a thousand years but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished this is the first resurrection that's when Jesus comes for his church everybody at that first resurrection is going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ they're going to be judged for what they've been with Jesus done with, they're not going to be judged for their sins they're not going to pass into condemnation, but they're going to be judged, it, rewarded for their works, what they've done with Jesus. Then, a thousand years later, after the church reigns with Jesus for a thousand years, there's going to be another resurrection. It says this, notice this in verse 5, the rest of the dead did not live again till the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Verse 6, blessed and holy is he who has a part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and 
shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, the second resurrection is going to happen at the end of this millennial reign, this thousand-year reign of Christ and his church. And it says in verse 11, I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it, whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Doesn't matter how big you were, how little you are, doesn't matter how much money you had, how much money you didn't have, everybody's going to stand before God. And the book's were open and another book was open which is the book of life and it says and the dead were judged out of the book of life and the and he says by those things written according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead with which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death you know, we read, whoever has a part in the first resurrection in verse 6 is blessed and holy on such the second death has no power. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So there are two coming resurrections and there are two judgments. There's a resurrection of the just. There's a resurrection of believers, of the church. When Jesus comes for his church, we call it the blessed hope and the great appearing of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But there's also the resurrection of the unjust. And that's going to happen after the church has reigned with Jesus for a thousand years on earth. Sometime after that. And everybody at the first resurrection is judged and rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ for what they've done with Jesus. Everybody at this last resurrection if I'm reading the scriptures correctly is cast into the lake of fire. They're judged by their works apart from Jesus. And so thank God I'm a believer in Jesus. Amen? And it says, he that hears my word and believes him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not pass into condemnation, but has passed from death to life. We shall not pass into judgment. Isn't that good news? Amen. And so we, we get to look forward to Christ coming for the church. That's the hope of the church. That's the hope of the believer. That's what Jesus secured for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Aren't you so glad that he did it? Now, Jesus said, I can of my own self in verse 30. John chapter 5 verse 30. We're back there. Judge do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is just. Jesus is a just judge and he judges people according to his word because I don't seek my own will but the will of the Father which has sent me. Now in verse 31 we're going to talk again about bearing witness of Jesus. He said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. You know, you got to beware of how much of your own press that you read. <laughs> beware of how much of your own press that you really believe. You know, some people believe everything that they say about themselves. And you know what? Not everybody gets it right every time, even if they're prophets. You know why? Because we are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. And you know what? It, I, I tell you what, I know that I'm wrong sometimes. And you know why I know that I'm wrong? Because I spent a long time in business and sometimes I prayed and I sought God and I thought I heard God and at the end of the day I lost a lot of money and I said, you know what, I missed God. I didn't hear God correctly. And you know what? Because you're not all 100% spirit. You don't all hear God correctly. Amen? But we can hear God. Amen? And we can know the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
Praise God. Now, if you've heard God incorrectly, don't feel bad. But you just need some other witnesses. Amen? There are different witnesses. We have the witness of the Word of God. We have the witness, amen, of the, of the Scripture, first of all. We have the witness, secondly of, secondly, of the Spirit of God on the inside. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. We have the witness, thirdly, of godly counsel. How many of you know we need godly counsel? The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Amen? The Bible says, and with good advice, make war. You need to know that you've heard God, and, and you can know by different areas. There's, there's checks and balances. You can also know by the peace of God on the inside of you. That's a major witness. When you have the testimony of the peace of God and the Spirit of God, other believers, amen, all these different things, so we can hear God. But Jesus said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. He says this in verse 32, there is another that bears witness of me, and I know the witness which he bears of me is true. You said unto, uh, unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. So, there are people who are witnesses of Jesus. John was a witness of Jesus. He testified to people of Jesus. Chances are somebody witnessed to you about Jesus. My parents told me about Jesus. Amen, when I was a young child. My Sunday school told, teachers told me about Jesus. Amen. My pastor prayed with me the sinner's prayer and led me to Jesus. Amen. But I had a, my grandparents testified to me about Jesus. I had a lot of different witnesses of Jesus. John was a witness of Jesus. In John chapter 1, we read verse 6 through verse 9. It says, there was a man sent from God. His name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which lights the way of every man that comes into the world. Jesus was talking about the witness of John. He says this in verse uh, 34. He says, I received testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. He, speaking of John, was a burning and shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father has given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness of me. So there's people that bear witness of Jesus. John was one of those people that bore witness of Jesus. There's also the works of, that testify of Jesus. Amen? I asked Pat, uh, come up here, Pat, if she would come up and testify. Pat Bailey, she used to work for me uh, years ago and help me in the office. But Pat, Pat has a tremendous testimony of the healing power of Jesus. And I just asked Pat if she would come up here today and testify a little bit about your healing. Praise God. I'd love to. I hope I can do it shortly, though. Yeah. Um, several years ago, about seven years ago, I started experiencing dizziness. And I was at the age where you needed hormones, so I figured that was it. The first miracle was that I went to the doctor because I had almost died at the hands of doctors before, and I vowed I would never put myself in their hands again. And uh, so, and we had just adopted four children, and the last thing I wanted to do was drive dizzy. So I went to the doctor, and uh, the first miracle was he sent me to the cardiologist. He saved my life. Uh, one of the instruments that saved my life. Yeah. And there were four things that they discovered that was wrong with my heart, and two of them were life-threatening. And one of them was that my aorta had enlarged, 
and you could die any second, and there's no warning. And they told me the only way I would survive is if I collapsed in the hospital in the emergency room, and they could do it in 20 minutes because you bleed out in 20 minutes. But I'd already experienced the, uh, miracles. In fact, my son here today is a miracle. He was premature, God healed him, and he's here today. So I'd seen many miracles. So I said, no, thank you. They said I needed an operation. I needed it now or I was going to die. And I said, no, I want to believe God. I'm a Christian. I want to believe God. And that's what I wanted to do. But my husband and I had a little bit difference of how we wanted that to happen. <laughs> so because it caused a little bit of trouble in our relationship, we went to pastor. And I said, pastor, I want to believe God. What should I do about this? And he said, well, you need to be in agreement number one. And then he told me, he said, it's, it's not a lack of faith to go through the operation. So I knew I had peace about that, but I didn't want to do it. So he sent me to a couple in this church. He said, talk to them. They're experiencing some of the same things. So I went and I talked to them, and she so wisely told me, I perceive it could be fear. Why don't you go home and examine and see if it's any kind of fear that you don't want this operation? Yeah. So I did, and I discovered it was fear. I was afraid of the anesthesia that I would die because I'd had so many things happen before. And you know what? Then my faith was, go. I was wanting that operation. Now I'm going to stand in faith. And the end result was, well, first of all, I wanted to put it off. I wanted to put it off till June. And they looked me in the eye and they said, you won't be here in June. And because you stood with us, that couple stood with us, and I had the peace of God that the faith was standing against fear. And I'm alive today well, and I'm going to do many more things for God. Amen. So thank How you old for are you, God. Pat? You're going you're gonna to make me tell my age. Yeah, you can tell them. Because you're a picture My of health. My kids don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> you're a picture of health. I'm over 70. Yeah, and you adopted kids when you were how old? Uh, well, they'll do the math. Um, <laughs> I was pretty mature. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But the word is working. You know what? Amen. You believe the word. And so you went and, and got medical. But, but you're a miracle. Yes. Praise God. And the word of God's worked many times in your life. Yes. You believe the word of God. And the word of God works. And you know what? We, we need to testify of Jesus. How many people in this place have seen a miracle that somebody else has? All right? So you can look around. There's a bunch of people who have seen a miracle. Now, how many of you have had a miracle your own self? All right? So there's lots of people that have seen miracles. So we're testifying that Jesus Christ is alive. Amen. Thank you, Thank Pat. You. you know, in first service, I got two guys that just testified me to, uh, with me last week. And one of them, uh, Pastor Kevin Moore, came up and testified. And he told me last week, he brought a young man up here. I told you about him. But how God healed him of this kidney disease. But at the same point in time, after service, he said, Pastor, there are three times that I was supposed to die. And you know what? He said, one was an assault on my life when I was 19, and I should have died, but I didn't die. And one of them was about 15 years ago. He said, I had gangrene in my intestines. And the doctor told me they took about 18 inches of my intestines out and said, the last person I took that out, they died. And he said, but I didn't die. I'm alive. And then I had this, th these kidney tumors, and I came to see you, and God gave you a word, and he was healed miraculously without any medical intervention. But he said, you know what? I'm living for a purpose. Praise God, I'm healed. Do you know when I was just a, a young man, when I was like nine years old,
I had, I was diagnosed. I stayed actually with my grandparents and my parents went on vacation, but I swelled up. I gained like 10 pounds. A little skinny kid gained 10 pounds. And, and you know, I was urinating. It looked like blood coming out of me. And so when my parents got home, they took me to the doctor in Lamar, Colorado, and he checked me out. And he said, listen, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to send you to St. Mary Corwin. And you know, my parents sent me to this Italian Catholic doctor. At St. Mary Corwin Hospital. And when they got me, they laid me in the hospital. And the nurse came over and the doctor was talking with my parents on the other side of the room. And she took my blood pressure three times and she looked so funny. And then the doctor, she went over and told something to the doctor. And he came right over and took my blood pressure. He went right over and got my parents and rushed them out of the room into the hallway. And you know what he told my parents? He said, by every medical reason, he should be dead right now. But you know what? He said, you go get a hospital room and pray. And my parents went and prayed. And you know what? I was never supposed to get over that kidney disease. But I'm telling you, within a few months, I was completely over it. I was completely healed. I've never had that anymore in my body. I want to tell you that Jesus healed me even when we didn't know. You know, we went to church that didn't believe in any of this stuff. They said, maybe God will and maybe God won't. You don't ever know about God. That's before we really got the word and understood that, that it was God's will to heal us. That it was God's nature to heal us. That we had promises, right? That it was included, Praise God in, at Calvary in the atonement that, that Jesus healed them, everyone. We didn't know that. But praise God, thank God, my parents knew how to pray. Amen. And they had some people that told them. So God healed me when I was a little bit baby. But you know, I've seen many, many miracles. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the first witness of Jesus are people. The second witness that we see of Jesus is the works of Jesus. Praise God. And many people in here, you've seen miracles, you've prayed for people, or you've had miracles yourselves. But then we go on, not only do we have miracles, but he says this in verse um, 36. He says, I have greater witness that the works the Father has sent me to finish the same works bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Then he said in verse 37, and the Father himself has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape, but, but the Father bore witness of Jesus. You remember when Jesus was baptized? The Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Praise God. It happened in John chapter 1, verse 32. It's recorded in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Mark chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. And Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and verse 22. When Jesus was baptized by John, the Father spoke from heaven. And the Holy Spirit came in the form, a bodily form as a dove and sat on him. Praise God. And the Father said, This is my beloved beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Praise God. And then at the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, Jesus took Peter and James and John, his closest three, and he went up to a high mountain and he was transfigured before them. And Moses was there and Elijah was there speaking with Jesus. You remember the story? And Peter said, hey, let's build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you. And God said, no, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Because Moses prophesied about Jesus. And Elijah representing, Moses representing the law. The law pointed to Jesus. And the prophets prophesied about Jesus. And so he said, no, this is really all about Jesus. So the Father testified of Jesus. But not only did the Father testify of Jesus, look at verse 38. He says, 
in verse 38, and you not have, do not have his word abiding in you for whom he has sent, you believe not. Then he said in verse 39, search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life and they are they that testify of me. The scripture testifies of Jesus. You know what? If you read the Bible through, and I love what Smith Wigglesworth said years ago. He said, read it through, write it down, pray it in and work it out. But if you read the word of God, the word of God is going to testify of Jesus. Now, why aren't people coming to Jesus with all these witnesses, with people testifying of Jesus? And miracles testifying of Jesus. Right? And the Father God himself testifying of Jesus. And the scripture testifying of Jesus. Why aren't people coming to Jesus? He tells us here, really right here. He says in verse 40, You will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. I'm telling you why people don't come to Jesus. Number one, they don't love God. They love themselves. They love other things, but they don't. So if you've witnessed to somebody and they haven't come to Jesus yet, you just keep witnessing, amen? But don't get discouraged because sometimes people, you know what? They don't love God. The second thing he goes on to say, he says this. He says, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another comes in his own name, him you'll receive. How can you believe which receive honor of one another and seek not the honor that comes from God alone? Don't you think that I will accuse you to the Father? There is one who accuses you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For if you had believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Amen. Thank God. We, number one, we believe, praise God. But why aren't people believing? They, believe, they don't believe sometimes because they don't love God. And other times they don't believe because they don't love the word. Amen? But if you love God, and you love the Word, and you believe Jesus, guess what? I love that verse 24. He said that he, he who believes me, right? And he who believes the Word that I've sent, he will not pass into condemnation, but he has everlasting life. Amen? And if you believe the Word of Jesus, and if you believe, amen, the, believe God, amen, you don't have to pass into condemnation. You can walk in eternal life. Thank you for listening to the Caris Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.charischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.